ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. Welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. We're glad you joined us. I'm Andre. And I'm Chris. <laughs> we appreciate you joining us today. And uh, we talk about everything from cooking to pop culture for free because we don't get paid for it. Um, it's just something we do out of the kindness of our hearts. I was going to say, it's not even really free because it costs us money. Like we're operating <laughs> at a at a loss here just for <laughs> you people. Yeah. This, is, this is not for our own benefit, uh, unlike what we've stated multiple times before on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, push the limits, right? Everybody's got a hobby. You know, some people pull up apart cars and spend an ungodly amount of money. We're spending like some chump change and uh, get to talk to each other every week. And uh, are you saying that I could have invested all of this money into a like a fancy car? <laughs> <laughs> that was an option. <laughs> Nobody told me. <laughs> well, if we spent that much money, then we're really in trouble, dude. Like, we're really in trouble. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. man. No, that's fair. That's fair. I don't think we've gotten to that point yet. Yeah, we're we're still in, a, uh, like, pocket change right now. So, um, yeah, today we're going to have a, you know, a guest join us later on in the show. And really looking forward to that. Um that's going to be kind of cool. Uh, we it'll be, make, give us like what two guests overall. Yes, I think my dad, right, yeah. is, the, is the only one that we've had join us so far. Um, okay, but let's talk about technology. For those of you uh, paying attention at home, we are moved. Well, have moved. Um, to a new recording platform. So historically, we've been using Zoom uh, and then recording the audio directly locally on Audacity. Um, But through some research, uh, we decided to move to a new platform called Riverside.fm. Apparently, it's what all the big boys use. And since we ourselves are big boys, uh, we figured that's where we belong. So... Um, you know, I mean, we've had better share of troubleshooting woes early on. Um, you might notice that while I look Great. amazing, uh, Andre's video for whatever reason just doesn't really want to cooperate and looks awful pixelated, but, uh, we'll keep kind of tinkering with that and seeing what we can do to fix it. Um, the nice thing is it does provide us with the, the opportunity to bring in, uh, guests remotely. Um, and so we're hoping that this is something we can continue to do moving forward. Um, that being said, if you have any interest in being a guest on the Kristen, Kristen Andre show, the Kristen Andre show, Kristen, was, was, <laughs> who's Kristen? <laughs> it's worse than Andres. <laughs> I know. Right? Andre. That was the uh, worst thing ever. Yeah, that really was. Gosh, so glad that I don't have to interact with that person anymore. <laughs> No, you know what's funny was that I was going through. I'm just going to co- completely go off onto a tangent here because that's what we do on the Chris and Andre show. Um, I was going through Facebook this morning because it had said you need to invite ten friends to your page, and I'm like, I know I already did, even though we only have like eight likes. So right. the two of you who didn't like it when I sent you an invite, <laughs> I know who you are. Um, but no, so like I was going through my list, and that person showed up. Really? Yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, but I'm not friends with them. Like, 
so I don't really get that. But I think uh, I think it was like a suggested friend sort of thing. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, their algorithm is so sloppy. Um, hmm. I mean, it is, and it is, their advertising algorithm is great. Oh yeah, because they have so much data on people. It wasn't. Uh, like five minutes after we were looking at Riverside.fm and talking about it, that I started getting targeted ads on Instagram for it. So well, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I well, visited the site. Like I get it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm not completely upset with that. So Riverside F- uh, FM, we're, we are glad to, you know, test drive your platform. Um, yeah. You guys Texas- should really consider being a, coming a sponsor of the Chris and Andre show. <laughs> Because we're going to mention you like 50 times, good and bad. So, um, Yeah, if you want us to cut out all the bad stuff, you better pony up. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, good press. Uh, we're just having a small technical issue. I'm sure I'll figure it out at some point. Um, I got stuck in my beer. Uh, I'm sorry. So... Uh, I'm going to tell you something. You're probably going to be upset. I already ate dinner. I made a, um, a, a vegan stir fry. Oh, what was in it? Uh, vegetables, uh, water chestnuts. That's a ama- a vegan stir fry that had vegetables. Yeah, yeah, oh my yeah, goodness. Right? <laughs> Just, ladies and gentlemen, breaking news. I know I had nothing. I didn't put any, um, it was a simple one. It took like probably total 20, 30 minutes altogether. But I skipped breakfast and lunch today, so I was kind of mm. hungry. I'm and I figured, sorry, go ahead. Fig- and I figured I'd cook for my wife. So, well, that was nice. I'm sure yeah. she appreciates that. I hope so. We uh, had leftover vegan stir fry for lunch today. Uh, <laughs> that, that Great minds, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, it was really good. She had it was like onions and chickpeas and bok choy. Okay. Um, There was some other spinach. I know there's some spinach in there. Um, It was just really good. I don't know, like, because it wasn't the baby bok choy, it was the full size one. And so she just cut it up into. It was very, very tasty. Um, Throw some avocado on top. Uh, Yeah, we've been making some really good food lately. She had signed up for a couple of the um, meal services. So I think, Mm -hmm. like, the. green chef we did one week um and they only have like four meals that are vegan on their list and so those were the four that we got Um, (laughs) three of the four were really good i didn't we didn't particularly care for the last one um well the last one that we ended up eating and then we did purple carrot uh the following week um and i think we only got three meals with that one and all three of those were really good there was a cajun tofu with uh, collard greens, I think, or something like that. That was, I know it sounds kind of, but it was surprisingly it was good. tasty. Yeah, I really like okay. it. Well, you know, uh, I I do kind of miss my soul food uh, kick. And I was reading an article earlier this week about uh, a lady that she, she was on season 11 of Shark Tank and she had a vegan fried chicken. She turned it like, uh, I think it was a, gosh, I, she turned on a, it was a million dollars, right? Yeah. And it was for 10% of the company. So she turned it down. And Mark Cuban is really into the plant-based industry. So if you have that, that type of company, he's more than likely going to invest. Um, 
she walked away and now she's like getting a lot of good press and i'll tell you what man if she makes it happen and starts like getting her distribution i'm i'm trying to help her out yo i'm trying <laughs> like soul food is like something that uh i haven't really mastered in my plant-based cooking but yo man that's all i can say like the thing i was thinking about the most when, when i read that article is that there's been some uh, additional articles that were talking about how there's a big movement in the black community to go vegan and plant-based. Mm -hmm. And I think that is so great because of heart disease, diabetes, those are things that are uh, un unfortunately common in our community. So I'm all for people eating healthy. Um, and yeah. I love soul food. So, yeah. We, yeah. um, our dinner plans for this weekend, for those of you that aren't me and Andre or our significant others, um, we are all going out to dinner this weekend. And so the place that we're going, I believe is, is a vegan soul food. That's uh, why spot. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Me too. I'm very excited. That one's been on our list for a while. Um, so I'm really stoked to try that. Um, cause there was another restaurant that we tried recently. We got delivery from earth to us. There's one that's in like Durham, but it's kind of like that Cary Durham, you know, yeah. area. And then there's another one that's in on in Raleigh off of Buck Jones Road. Um and that was really good. I got their empanadas. They had like veggie empanadas. It was like a different type of empanada shell. You know, normally it's like the kind of buttery pastry yeah. sort of thing. This one was like it was like a corn pastry. And it was fried, but it was it was like a almost like a corn dog or like a potato. I don't know. I I can't even really. really it was so good though, and they they uh, it came with this bang bang, you know, they're mm -hmm. like vegan bang bang sauce and some black beans. <coughs> the black beans were okay, but like the bang bang sauce with the empanadas, like, whoo, that stuff was on point. Yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about. I wish, I, I, well, I hope, and I'm pretty sure it'll happen soon that this area will get more and more uh, like to like diverse restaurants as opposed to everything's a fast casual or a mom and pop burger. You know, I think that seems a, like it's starting to diversify a little yeah. bit in that regard, you know, cause yeah. it, it was that way for a while where it was like everything was some like chain or, you know, like some, it was a high end attempt at something yeah. <laughs> that would be there for a little while. And then the chef would leave and the place would inevitably go downhill. And, and that's what's, that's what's so terrible about Midtown and like uh, North Raleigh. It's like, well, not North Raleigh anymore, but downtown. Uh, it's just like the worst ever. It's like, everything is the worst uh, experience. And it's like, why would you build a $10 million restaurant for barely a population that can afford it of 200,000. Like that's dumb. Right. Yeah. So who, you're, who, you're betting who big on yeah. the, the growth of Raleigh <laughs> in the future, I guess. Um, I, uh, I also, I got a new cookbook. Um, I sent you that this coconut ceviche recipe from it, yeah. but it's the, uh, it's another Instagram, uh, advertising. They got me. They're really good. Um, <laughs> but it's called foodgasm. Um, okay. and everything basically in this book looks absolutely amazing. Um, I haven't made anything in there. We're supposed to do the fried rice, uh, recipe from that tonight. So I'm excited to try that, but, um, I'll let you know did if I it's any good. Please do. Did I ever tell you about the, uh, cookbook my daughter got me for Christmas? 
No, which one was it? Oh, it's it's like called uh, uh, the Beginner's Plant Based Cooking or something like that. I'll send you the link. Nice. Uh, actually, well, I'll send you a, a screenshot. But that has become my go to cookbook. Every recipe is like 30, 45 minutes, uh, super simple prep time. And it's great for like Monday through Friday, right? Yeah. So I use my meal planning board that um, I have. And it's like, I use, I was like able to figure out what I was going to buy as far as groceries. Yeah. Use my little meal planner and bada bing. It's nice, yeah. right? I mean, that's, yeah. we've been doing that for a while now where, you know, we just kind of sit down on Saturday and it's like, well, what do we want to eat this week? Okay. We'll usually go through and do all the dinners first and then kind of fill in lunches and um, right. I've been on a diet lately as I've been trying to <laughs> exercise and lose some weight, get in better shape. Um, I'm on week two. And so part of that is like, you know, I I am skipping breakfast. It's like that intermittent fasting thing, you know, oh, basically yeah. where I'm not supposed to eat from seven o'clock at night until like 11 in the morning or something, um, which is actually not that bad. Um, sometimes I can't help myself and i'm like i gotta go have a snack but um it's been it's been i'm i'm listening it's just that our guest is having technical difficulties trying yeah so i am listening no you're good um but yeah so i've been doing these shakes uh in the morning to like break my fast because it's the liquid you know uh, intake is supposed to be a good way to break your fast. And so doing a lot of shakes with salads or, um, so let me ask you a stupid, things. let me ask you a stupid question. Are you I love like your questions? Yeah, I'm sure you do your, your exercise routine. What are you doing? Uh, so I'm trying to keep it really simple. Something that I can basically do wherever I am. Um, and whatever, you know, the weather or whatnot is. And so it's, uh, jumping jacks, crunches, pushups, and leg lifts. Okay. And that's it. And that's it? That's it. Okay. And how many minutes are you doing that? It probably takes me about 15 minutes. Well, that's not bad. No. And then It should be 30 though. It should be. I'm I'm working on I mean because my my body the first day I did it last week on Monday. Uh, was not particularly happy with me. Like my knee, <laughs> my right knee, just as I got to like number 30 on the jumping jacks was like, yeah, no. <laughs> um, but so I've been trying to like, you know, take it easy and, and not, you should do s- I shouldn't even say take it easy, but like I'm trying, I didn't want to do the thing that I've done in the past where it's like, all right, today I'm going to work out as hard as I can. And then for the rest of the week, I feel like absolute garbage. And so it was like, okay, I'm going to do, you know, some simple things on Monday. I'm going to see if I can do it again on Tuesday. If it's too easy, then I'll start to to slowly increase the number of reps and stuff that I'm doing until, you know, I'm reaching that point where it's like, okay, I'm feeling good. You know, like this is a good amount of resistance. Like I'm just kind of barely able to get, you know, this number of push-ups or whatever it is in um, and go from there and make sure I'm doing plenty of stretching and, and all of that. So it's it's the beginning. What I'd like to do is to be able to then or possibly beforehand incorporate like a run, you know, like be able to go for a run and then come back and do my exercise routine or something like that. So I'll share this with you. Like if you're having like your legs are not very strong, do calf raises. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's good to kind of 
give you a, a little bit of a foundation. I had to do that for, um, I think about three months because my right knee was just really not wanting to participate in life. Yeah. Um, and just doing like probably 60 to 90, they're not, they're not really hard. Um, and running, I always do running after I work out. Um, I always do that the last thing for some reason. It just makes it a lot easier because, yeah. But I feel yeah. like you're warmed up at that point. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I, yeah. I, I've never really had a workout routine. Oh, well, that's, <laughs> well, that's a problem too. <laughs> I mean, it's just never been, it's never been a high priority of mine. Well, there are a lot of simple, and I, I personally, like during the days I don't go to the gym, I do calisthenics, right? So uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday morning, and I take Sunday off. I do like push-ups, pull-ups. I have a pull-up bar, obviously. So I have some dumbbells. But I pretty much do like uh, push-ups, sit-ups, uh, ab wheel. Can I ask a pull- question? Yeah. Why do you get the dumbbells instead of the smart ones? Because the smart ones talk to you, and uh. <laughs> but anyway, so I would I would try to like figure out a way to get thirty minutes. Thirty minutes gives your body a, a chance to say, "Okay, I need to do this more often." Okay, so, doctor. I'm not a doctor. I'm just telling you what works for me. I'm a little bit older than you are. Okay, so. old, old old guy Andre. Uh, uh, see this. This is this how You're it goes down. Said you were old. I, yeah, you started it. <laughs> Well, now I don't want to talk about this anymore. But. <laughs> Collaboration. Synergy. Thinking outside the box. Raising the bar. Breaking down silos. Shifting the paradigm. Disrupting the market. Business. So I was uh, reading... Um, what was I reading? Oh, I was reading an article on Palmer Report, and mm-hmm. you know, I I kind of get kind of agitated by paywalls. I like how they fund their site in their own way, um, and they actually have a, a a subtle but direct way of asking for five twenty five and seventy five dollars on their site at the end of every article. I'm like, that's cool. I like that. I'm, I I think I could support that. Uh, I didn't it's, give them any money. But. I mean, it's kind of like Wikipedia, right? Where it's like, no, Wikipedia is annoying. I mean, I've literally never once donated to Wikipedia. Yeah. Like, I would, but they're just so aggressive with their, when they ask for donations. It's like every time you go there. Yeah. And it's usually like a big red bar across the top. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so annoying. I just don't like it. So I, I, I've never donated to Wikipedia, but I rarely ever use it. So yeah, it's like, you know, it's like that Santa Claus with the bell, the Salvation Army in front of the store. Like, stop ringing that damn bell at me, man. Maybe I'll give you some money, but you're just like, ring, ring, ring. It's like, shame, shame. It's almost annoying. Yeah. But I, I don't know if I've decided how I feel about paywalls. Um, but... Um, they're there. They are. I, mean, uh, I recently opted into the New York Times subscription because I had a deal where you could get like six months for a dollar a month. Okay. And I was like, all right, I'm a, I'll check it out. You know, there was enough stuff that I was clicking on and trying to read on the New York Times that 
it's like, all right, well, I'll do that, and then we'll kind of see where it goes from there. But um, it just depends. Like, I, I, there aren't that. Like, the Athletic is another site that I have considered right. paying for in the past, and I just have not found that piece. Like, there, there was one article that somebody wrote, and it definitely had like an NC State bend to it because that's, of course, um, but it was still was not enough to get me to pay in order to see that so we'll we'll see ladies and gentlemen mr tony jackson well hello mr jackson hey how y'all doing how y'all doing how's it going doing great pretty good pretty good how you doing chris doing good nice to meet you nice to meet you too (laughs) <laughs> well everybody uh we uh we're, like we said earlier we're now one in one with family members being guests <laughs> in our podcast um those are the only people that love us um today we have tony jackson the guy that is lucky to be married to my my favorite sister <laughs> that's that's not gonna go over very well <laughs> she's also she, she's also my only sister oh, well, but uh but Tony's a he's a good guy. Uh, he he likes to give me crap during football season with his crappy picks on on everything. But uh, I, I'm a Broncos fan and proud of it. And he's a hater just to be a hater. So Tony, thanks for joining us. And that was a not a very nice intro, but it wasn't as bad as it could have been. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I don't I don't consider myself a hater per se, you know. But I know good teams when I see them. And that is Andre the likes to throw that hater label out there a lot. <laughs> I get labeled a hater all the time on this podcast, so don't feel like you're in bad company. With oh, man. <laughs> hate, 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 hate. <laughs> Sports. So if, if Andre's the Broncos fan and I am the Seahawks fan, which, which team do you most closely align yourself with, Tony? Probably the Seahawks. Yes, that's what I'm talking. Even about. though I can, we kind of got I a can small see the rivalry on Andre's face. <laughs> well, Tony, thanks for joining us. <laughs> but the thing is, though, you rubbed it in really well, though, when you when you guys beat us in the Super Bowl, and that you know it just kind of stuck with me. Uh, it stuck with me. I still love you, though. Oh, yeah, I love you. It has nothing. It's not a love, question of love. It's a question of, it's a question of, well, okay, I, I'll let, yeah, I, maybe I did. Because I do remember, and when this, when the Broncos lost against said team, I, I heard it from everybody. I heard it, I heard it from my daughter, Sensei. You didn't hear it from me. I didn't. Thank God, because I think I wore my Russell Wilson jersey in the next <laughs> just, morning. But. Just enough. Just, <laughs> I mean, so I was not a very. I mean, I heard it from everybody, and it's just like, okay, cool. It was a bad game. It was, it a was an awful game. game. Yeah. yeah, it was bad. I mean, it was it's great like, as a Seahawks fan. Like that that first snap over Peyton Manning's head. I was just like, oh, that's what you know. And it was like we scored the day, and I was like. After and then Percy Harvin, Percy Harvin ran back the second half kickoff. I know Andre's just like I'm making him relive these wonderful slash horrible moments from this game. But 
I'll just I'll say this. I'm glad Peyton Manning was able to leave on a high note from Denver because he would have ruined his like for me, he would have been just mud like forever and ever and ever. So, but yeah, yeah. Seahawks or whatever. <laughs> Speaking of the Seahawks, um, it looks like they finally like uh, your boy is finally showing some love to NC State. I know. I see he's going to be uh, speaking at the 2021 commencement speech here coming up for <sighs> NC State. So, I mean, it's about time, oh. you know, like I, I want to see if he pulls out the same story about him leaving the team with his discussion with Tom O'Brien that he did at the, <laughs> uh, the Wisconsin one, I think, or so, you right. know, wherever he was before. And he got a bunch of crap from NC State fans. I can't imagine that that's going to come up again. But <laughs> look, the truth is, like, there's there's probably like a 60-40 split, I think, amongst NC State fans on Russell. Like 60% of us are just like, that's our dude. You know, we wish he would have been here the whole time, but we're glad we get to kind of cheer for him and we got to experience any part of him here. And then the other 40% is like, man, screw that dude. He has done nothing for <laughs> NC State since he left. Like, he would rather be a Wisconsin Badger and all that. And I'm just, you know, it's like, you know, I mean, I... I get it. He's got to appeal to both fan bases. It's a whole pack of badgers, right? That's yeah. That's that's the thing. <laughs> the pack of badgers. <laughs> oh man, stupid puns. <laughs> <laughs> it's about to be a long conversation. <laughs> no, I mean I respect. Like seriously, as far as a quarterback goes, I like Russell Wilson. I, I don't. I don't have any. Um, I, I the only thing I'll say is the the Denver Seahawks Super Bowl was an embarrassment. That was an embarrassment of football. So I have nothing against Russell Wilson. I think he's one of the, he may be in my top twenty, um, and I haven't really decided my top ten, but he might even be in my top ten because no nah, no nah, I don't think that's true. Well maybe I don't know. I, I'd have to wasn't think he about in it. your top ten? I think he was. I can't remember. I don't he know if Tony been. heard, but we we've done our top ten quarterbacks like all time, and of course I had like three NC State guys in there. I had to I had to squeeze them in. Oh, you're NC right. State guys? Do that. <laughs> NC State guys. Oh we're yeah. We talking about professional Phillip or? Rivers. Yeah, I <laughs> Philip Rivers, uh, Russell Wilson, and then who was the other one that I was thinking of? Actually, no, I think it was just those two. I think those were the only two that I had in my top. No, you 10. put Russell in probably twice. Probably, yeah. <laughs> like I had him at number one and number three. So is Russell better than is... uh, Philip Rivers? Yes. Oh, <laughs> I mean, he should have had what two Super Bowls. On? Yeah. So that's what I was going to ask Andre. Is is like, I know you talked about how bad losing to the Seahawks was in that Super Bowl, but. I really hated losing that next one on that stupid interception <laughs> at the goal line. Like, which is worse? Like, knowing basically from the get go that you're that the game is out of reach, or thinking like, man, we're about to go win this, and Marshawn Lynch grabs his crotch as he dives across the, you know, goal line, and instead, no, we'll pass just it, throw a pick. So, so, I think that was a coach fail. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't blame. I agree, Russ. I don't blame Russell Wilson for that. No, so. I mean, I don't blame Russell either. I'm just saying, like, in terms of ways to lose a Super Bowl, would you rather, as a fan, would you rather oh, neither, have your neither. team be out from the get-go <laughs> or lose it at the last second? Oh, oh crap. I, I was, like, I, I was trying to, I guess I was trying to avoid the question. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
I'd, I'd rather neither, if I'm being honest. Well, I think both. That's not the point of the question, Andre. If I was well, like, would you I, rather have ice I, cream or garbage? Like, yeah, yeah of course you're going to want ice cream. Like, <laughs> My point being is like, both are pretty crappy. Are. <laughs> the question I, is, which is worse? I think I'd rather get blown out than than. I'd than, rather get blown out too, like than, that, than lose that a close game like that one. though, because that just tough. breaks your heart all the way. Because you feeling like you got a chance, and then that right there happens. Oh man, that hurts. That hurts bad. Because that's yeah, I'm with Tony on this one. I mean, like, I they haven't lo- been back I, to the Super Bowl since, yeah. right? Like, well, <laughs> But I hate losing, so I'm I'm not gonna like I can't sit here and pretend like I would even pull the trigger on either one of those. Like okay. I can't, I I would just be like we didn't show up. That I don't know. I can't. I couldn't pick that. I'm sorry. That's too, that's too difficult. It's like asking me to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like I just can't. I'm so, it's just it's just just not wise. <laughs> Tony's a, you're pretty competitive too. Like the time I was playing uh, my nephew like in Madden. And yeah. Tony just like gets he gets so mad. He like disowned his son right there. He goes, what are you doing? <laughs> he goes, What are you doing? Oh, I was like, oh man. I was like, let him let him I mean, he came because in kinda hot though. That's why, because I knew what you were doing the whole time and I wanted to tell him, but then I didn't want to make it look like I was, you know, giving him everything. I want him to learn, but I was like, man. It hurts. It hurts to see my little man going out like this. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, like later on, like Tony and one of my sons, they're like coaching from the like the couch. I'm like, you guys, it's not four against one. Like it's <laughs> not four against one. It, it like there so were two of my sons. Even the odds. Come on. <laughs> it's two of my sons, my nephew and Tony, all like. Well, my nephew doesn't really count because he was still playing terrible. So, but it was technically <laughs> four against one, and I was like, "Dude, I'm playing football. You're playing a video game, and that's what you have. Like, you have to understand that yep. that's the only reason I'm good at Madden. That is the only reason. It's not because I'm a yeah. video game expert. It's because I understand. It's because the you're pace a football expert. Well, I I don't want to <laughs> say that out loud. And you don't have to. Like, I just did. Now you can just agree <laughs> with it. Okay, yeah, it's true. It's true. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. So, but yeah, I I thought that was that was one of the funniest days of my life. I'm like, man, your dad just disowned you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, come on. I, I I know you do this. Come on, now, don't do this. Don't do it. No, don't don't fall for it. Oh. <laughs> so you you're like seeing it coming. You're seeing everything happen before it actually happens, and there's nothing you can do. Exactly, that's terrible. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, but. if you come to my house and, and you're talking crap about Madden, you will lose. Like it's just inevitable. It's in. it's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, but that that was a funny day. Um, so. Uh. I I know you know competition in sports is is super important to me and I and I think that uh well I watch a lot of sports I, like my baseball season's being kind of jacked up there's like seven rescheduled games already because of covid so aren't they playing like ha- shortened games like seven eight yeah. games and stuff now Yeah I'm not like and baseball was my out this season like I was going to have something to escape in 
and now it's getting screwed up. And then I'm like trying to get ready for soccer and trying to watch qualifiers. And I get this news that there's about to be a new Super League. Yeah. Part of me is happy. I've heard about that. (laughs) Yeah. I've heard about that. So what do you think about it? I think that's pretty cool, honestly. I think that's really pretty cool because what I was hearing on the sports radio the other day, I was like, they were talking about they don't they they really don't want them to do that though because then that would kind of take money out, you know, the big leagues pocket or whatever. But right. why not do it though? You need competition, right? As we were just talking about, competition is always good. The only thing that makes you it only yeah, you're, only thing it does is make you better. The, the thing that they, the, the thing I think the European League is afraid of is that uh, it makes them less competitive. And well, actually, it doesn't. There's nothing to be afraid of other than losing money, right? So, right. If, well, but even then, isn't part of the Super League was that they were going to be writing like ten billion dollars worth of checks back to the non-participating clubs? Like, mm-hmm. part of it was essentially supposed to be then like all of the money that they were making from the Super League was then going to be redistributed to the lower clubs. Um, but now they've had what Chelsea and Man U are both saying yeah. that they don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> They're like, we're out. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the impending lawsuits, right? So yeah. the EU, some for some reason, can get involved in that. I think it's a good thing for um, professional soccer, especially for the inter- for like on an international level. So I don't watch a lot of the clubs in like the European leagues because I don't really care. I'll watch Barcelona versus uh, Real Madrid. I may watch Manchester play every now and then, Chelsea every now and then. I really care more about like the international games because I'm always thinking about the World Cup. I'm always thinking about the Olympics because that's the only time we shine on that as a country. We shine on that stage. Yeah. But I do think that it's a good idea because FIFA is a dirty piece of crap, in my opinion. Like anything that can disrupt that organization, I'm go. okay with it. <laughs> So, uh, and I, I do think it, it probably makes competition like Man U is, they're a good, they're a good club, but they're not the definitive club. Right. Um, so there's a lot of like pieces. I'm sure it's a complex deal, but I think it's not going to be bad for football. I, I really don't. I, I think mean, do be, you think like that college football might look at following a similar type of path? Yeah. And take, you know, like some of the big football schools and just say, screw it, we're going to go play our own league yeah. over here. I mean, I mean, if you look at the SEC, that's what you already have, right? Yeah, I guess that's Yeah, we kind of do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what they're doing. Well, I stand corrected. I'll just see myself out. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I think that um, – Having additional levels of competition in professional sports, even in college sports, is not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, um, I mean they already have now, like Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, like right. And I've seen Central, like literally, like is it Central? Or Cent- no, Central. That's actually had a chance to go like to the NCAA yeah. a couple times. Yeah. So you can graduate out of a division. If you're good, if you can build a program. So I don't necessarily see it as a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, I I think that'd be great for football. I mean, like, well, soccer, like translation. Football. (laughs) Football. (laughs) So I think think it'll be great for, like, to have those 
you know, those graduated levels of, of, of skill in, in the sport. So it does seem like in, in soccer that there's often like this mismatch of teams, you know, where it's like, you'll have these really, really good teams with all the talented players playing these teams that have like nobody. And it's not like they never win, but it just seems like there's a, like in the UEFA and all that stuff that there's usually a greater disparity in talent. Um, and so I, I feel like to some degree that that's part of what this is trying to solve as well as saying, like, let's put the best, you know, soccer matches on that we can. Um, I, but I think it's more of a visibility um, thing, because if you look at Brazil, Brazil's got a epic metric ton of teams. Right. And most of their top tier players either play for local Brazilian teams or they play in Europe. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peru, the same thing. Peru's got um, a. Well, they've got a good amount of football squads. My my father-in-law used to play for one of the – I think they'd be like a D2 football squad. Yeah. and But a lot of their players actually play in Europe. So I think for the most part, it's a visibility thing for the for the players. Uh, like uh, Christian Pulsic. That's one of my – that kid is amazing. He was amazing the first time I saw him step on the pitch. Like I'm like, there's no way – He's like that good, but he's like really that good. I'm like, Man. wow, that's just amazing. Um, and he was like 17 when he like his first uh, run in the or I think it was like the World Cup, uh, and I was, it just blew my mind. And he's only done great things since. So, <clears throat> yes, he's playing for Chelsea right now. But the thing is, like, when, if you can spread out the visibility, it makes the sport better, right? If you can yeah. disrupt FIFA. Mm-hmm. In some levels, it makes the sport better. Uh, it makes it it makes it more accessible to like if you look at uh, the Western hemispheres, and especially in like South America, Central America, the passion behind like football, mm-hmm. it's amazing, right? It's starting to trickle in. Like football, uh, all right, soccer. Uh, I get it. Like, all right, soccer got really popular here in the states back when we hosted the World Cup. There, it just got really amped up. I think if there was more visibility, and you know, when you think about the MLS and how they're actually having more competitive contracts, it makes the sport that that more much more attractive. And I can kind of parallel that to lacrosse. Like I never played lacrosse. Lacrosse wasn't in the hood. I mean, it just wasn't a thing. I had two sons play lacrosse, and one, my youngest son, was just bananas at it. It was like, yo. That's like if I would have known about this sport when I was younger, I'm like that looks like it's fun, right? You can like body check people. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's a tough There's a sport. lot of stuff you can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my two oldest boys play rugby in high school. So there's a lot of sports that could be just as influential in our country uh, as football and, you know, and basketball. Right. Like, those are the top sports in the, in the country. Mm-hmm. Like baseball has dropped a couple tiers since uh, the last. The second to last strike, um, that's when they started like importing most of the players from like Cuba and and like and everywhere else except for you know from the college teams. Yeah. So if you can make sport in general more accessible and give a lot of variety to the different types of athletes, it's not a bad thing, right? Right. Uh, because I don't think basketball is a be all that ends all. I don't. Th- well, I I would argue. Well, I don't think football is the be all that ends like. American football is to be all the ends all. There's a lot of sports out there that we're just not really exposed to. And uh, so I think is 
much as you can mix that up, the better you make, you know, all athletes and it gives people a chance to, uh, be the, be the best person they can be yeah. in sport. So that's a lot, but that's how I feel about it. It seems like in the United States, like there's this pressure or expectation to have kids kind of like specialize in a specific sport at an early age, you know, like identify the one that you think they're going to be best at and then just have them do that. Um, I remember growing up, like I played baseball, basketball, soccer, like a little bit of everything in terms of what was out there. Um, And then it wasn't until I was like, all right, well, I'm not really into baseball anymore, so I'm not going to play that. And then... I don't like running as much in soccer, so <laughs> I'll become a referee. Uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> Basketball, I wasn't tall enough, so <laughs> that one went out the window pretty early. But Tony, what about you? Like, what, What's your sports story? Shoot, man, my sports story, I wish I would have played football, but I played basketball when I was a kid, you know, but. I always had the, the, a strong love for basketball coming up and still to this day. So, I mean, like I said, I wish I would have played football, but I always, like, when I was in high school, I used to always hear stories, don't play football, man. No, don't play it, you know. And I'm like, man, I don't want to get hurt, but I should have played, you know. <laughs> but I, I kind of wish I would have played soccer, you know, because my dad played soccer when he was a kid, you know, realizing as I got a little older. I said, man, I got I got some pretty quick feet. I could probably could have played soccer, but I like to run, so that probably wouldn't be good for me. Probably could have ran track a little bit, but didn't do it. Could run forever. Yeah, I, when I was younger. Yeah, that's true. I think sports <laughs> are like one of those. <laughs> it, it's one of those things where like uh, you just kind of got to figure out what your uh, where you fit. I guess. I, I mean, yeah. But it's always like what your. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that's the right way to look at it because you can always find yourself in a sport that you didn't think was you, mm-hmm. but you find out you're really good at it. Yep. Um, oh, yeah, look at Russell Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> but he probably he probably thought he was really good at baseball, though. Better yeah. in baseball I mean, than I he was at football, I thought that, that was uh, – that's where I thought he was going to end up, you know, just because of his stature, ultimately. Like, I thought that like that Michael was going to be the thing where – but. <laughs> So if Russell Wilson would have like remained a state baseball player, he'd probably be going to jail like all the other state baseball <laughs> players. Okay, like yeah, I see oh, you through goodness. this. I didn't even know that this was like a thing. I hadn't heard anything about this, and I'm like reading through the show notes. A court date for NC State baseball player was charged with assault. I, I guess they broke into somebody's dorm room with the intention of terrorizing and assaulting him. Yeah. I don't know. Like, what, what's up with state though? I mean, why why can't they like not be criminals? They not be criminals. I could say the exact same thing about Carolina. Carolina is just all it's all white collar crime. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I didn't realize that we were differentiating between the two now. Well, I mean, NC State is viewed as more of a blue collar school, so we got blue collar crimes. What do you want? Like, <laughs> that was a low blow. That was, but you know, it is what it is. I've come to expect no less from you, Andre. No, I mean, I, 
I don't know. I have no idea what that whole thing is even about, honestly. Like, it sounds ridiculous that that article <laughs> didn't sorry. have a ton of information in it. So, I, you know, the- I, I saw it on the news and I'm, I'm like, come on, guys, you got to do better, man. Just like make some fake classes, you know, do some dummy yeah, grades. Yeah, just, you know, the Carolina way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you said the Carolina way? Yeah. <laughs> Fake classes, dummy grades. <laughs> well, hey, we'll just make a whole department that will essentially be nothing more than a way to funnel football and basketball players through. <laughs> Is that what you want us to do, Andre? Follow your your team's example? Hey, you would probably get better recruit. I mean, yeah, we might actually win something. Trust me, like I... Mm, we were just talking about this two weeks ago, I think, on here. Like, just the futility of being an NC State sports fan. It's yeah, you it's got hard. It like, yeah, I mean, I mm. I shouldn't laugh so hard, but no, that, but you did. Just... And, you know. <laughs> I just I like so I, I'm really curious to see. I, I'm not rooting against him, but Hubert Davis and the entire former basketball player staff that yeah, he's put I'm together. not okay with that. That seems I'm like... A... What's this? Well, so Hubert Davis, right, is the new... I think it's three or four right now. So he's a new head coach. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, yeah. I mean, he's the new head coach at UNC, but he basically said when he came in, my entire staff is going to be made up of former Carolina players. Um, and so, he, like, Sean May, who was a, a, a member of the coaching staff, got elevated to assistant coach and they brought in a bunch of other guys but it's like i mean i get there's a that really does provide you with a large pool of players and you know good coaches potentially to draw from yeah Um, but it does seem like kind of excluding the potential to recruit some really good coaching talent by by singling it out to that group but i don't know so you wish he would have got some nc state guys over there I mean, if we could have infiltrated from the inside <laughs> and brought it down that way, yeah, I guess that would have been my preference. No, I just, you know, I mean, like outside of the ACC, I just think, I mean, like there were even guys on Roy's staff that, that left that I thought, you know, who weren't former basketball players um, that I was kind of surprised to see leave. And so I just, it seems like kind of an odd... <laughs> an odd thing but uh, but i do get that like that's his kind of you know that's his comfort zone right i don't yeah. think it i don't i know there's like three or four like committed names and i i kind of glance over an article this like maybe the day i before hope it yesterday. don't backfire on him though i know that that's my I, I i don't think it's, i just hope it doesn't backfire. yeah i don't think it's a good idea i mean and yeah. like how yeah. how long does he get if it he gets if it isn't two seasons i, think he yeah, gets, I mean like he gets two seasons yeah, I was gonna say like three years. Not... It's gonna take a while to build that, build it back up, though. No, it's you don't not. Think He's so? been the assistant coach. Like, think about it this way: so when when Roy Williams like stepped out because of health issues, it was Hubert, right? So, I think he gets two like solid seasons outside of COVID restrictions. Okay, and okay. They just have to. So whenever that happens, right? So if next year it's a normal season, that's one. No, that's that'll be a pass. So maybe it's three, right? Three I seasons. I say three, man. You could just take um, some time. 
Okay, so like two to three seasons, that's what he gets. And they've got to go at least to the... Uh, what, Matt uh, Doherty got five? He got five? Yeah. But, Sorry, I just had to bring that up. Yeah, you guys I were mean, ragging on all my NC State stuff. <laughs> like the one bad thing that ever happened to Carolina basketball. <laughs> but, I didn't know he got that long, though, to be I'm honest. Sure. I forgot he was even there for a moment there. Was the only reason that Herb Sendak ever won a game against Carolina was because oh, he was playing man. Matt Doherty coach That's... teams. <laughs> uh, hey, but look, Herb Sendak was a really good coach, though, for you guys. You guys ran him off. Okay, you, you guys, like, you guys. <laughs> I get this all the time. I didn't run anybody off. I, like, I didn't have a problem with her. But the problem, the problem ultimately is that if you're going to, I think, if you're going to play a boring-ass style of basketball, you got to win games. Like, if you're not yeah. going to win games and it's not going to be fun to watch, then nobody's going to, I mean, and he just, the, all the cliches, daytime yeah. apartments and chopping wood, and it's just like, yeah, <laughs> I I think it's just after ten years, people were like, "You're not bad, but whoa, we could do we we would like to do better." And then right. it was like, "Oh, Sydney Lowe, shit." <laughs> 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 see, and that's what like I'm hoping. See, that's what's this really whole, funny though, right? This whole episode should just be about <laughs> Tony and Chris <laughs> crapping on NC State. <laughs> Because I'm loving it. I can just sit back and drink a beer <laughs> but and see, laugh. Like, this is exactly this is exactly what's gonna happen, right? Like State has this huge debacle where Herb Sendek leaves and they go out and they hire Cindy, Sydney Lowe and it's just a dumpster fire, right? But right. you guys, you guys are gonna like just go, Oh yeah, who Hubert Davis, here, you come, you be our head coach, and he's just gonna go win like national titles and have no problems no, whatsoever. Has, like I think he has a lot of pressure on him, to be honest. To be honest, because you you trying to go behind, uh, you going now you going behind Roy Roy Williams. You know Roy Williams had a lot of pressure coming behind Dean Smith, so I think it's going to be the same for, so for Herbert or Hubert Davis. Okay, but all right, fine, sure, pressure, got it. Yeah, I'm going to crap all over that theory. <laughs> Andre eats pressure for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> like so. I mean, so think about it. Roy Williams, Dean Smith, right? So you take like a Midwest coach and you bring him in. Like he got like, uh, all right, no, it doesn't matter. Hubert was the assistant coach. Right. Hubert was probably going with him on recruitment meetings. Mm -hmm. I mean, he He, knows he was the top recruiter, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which is ultimately one of the most important things in college basketball. Like if you don't have the players, then all of the coaches. People aren't going to Carolina just because of Roy Williams. They're going because they believe in the program. Right, right. that's that's the thing where it's like, mm-hmm. big picture wise, sure, that's the right guy. There was nobody else that fills that role. Mm-hmm. Like they get, they could have scouted for a year and never found the right replacement outside of Hubert Davis. Period. Like that's just the end of the story. Not Brad mm-hmm. Stevens, not Mark no. Few, not <laughs> like you don't the, think those guys would have did a good job. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you guys. Don't think, you don't think um, uh, Brad Stevens or 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 what's that other guy's name? <laughs> but you don't you don't think those other guys would uh would have had a good chance though to be honest no dude no like i'm not trying to re- i'm not trying to rip things apart and then build them back up that is stupid so you stick with him most in impract- yeah i mean he was the right hand guy okay like if you think about it he was the right hand guy like who else better to carry that 
Yeah, he get, he'll get two or three seasons. I'm pretty sure within one within that time frame, Carolina's back in the uh, Sweet 16. That's the benchmark. Like when you think about it. Okay. Um, it, Roy Williams. It took him a while to kind of like. Wait, didn't he win a national not, championship the first season back? No, <laughs> no, look, it took. Okay, no, my, what I was about to say, what what I'm about to say is it took him a while to get out of the Dean Smith shadow. Yeah, like everybody kept saying Dean didn't do this, he wouldn't yep. have done this. He what? He was like, yeah, this is my program now. This is this is my team, and let me run it the way I need to run it. Right. So that I think Hubert Davis has got the moxie enough to do that. So that that's all I'm saying. But is, he may I have mean, the moxie, is it gonna but be can that he... different for him? I don't think so. Go ahead. I think he has to win no. the championship what? just to stay. To no, be honest. He, no, he doesn't. You don't think so? I don't think so. Man, we need no. a championship. He got to get a championship. Right? That's what I'm saying. That's like, the kind Carolina of pressure fans on. expect nothing less. Roy Williams won, what, three championships in the last 12 I, years? And they were still, like, fans were relevant. happy to see him retire. Like, they were. I was happy to see him retire Roy because Williams. of his style. <laughs> Please see? don't get it twisted. See? Please don't get it twisted. Please don't get it twisted. <laughs> I like winning. But I'm also very like pragmatic when it comes to like when you think about a change like that. Like his health had been failing. No, COVID I mean made like I understand worse. the health aspect of it, but I'm just saying like okay, so if the if the fans, some fans at least, felt like the problem was not you know, was Roy Williams, and so is Hubert Davis going to be enough of a change from what Roy was doing? Like, do you think that he connects better with these kids? Because it seemed like that was part of the issue was that Roy. Like was having trouble with these guys that were coming in and then leaving, and guys that were going early to the NBA when he was. So the kinda... yeah, the the, press, the problem was a freaking NBA. They need to stop. Like, it, I'm, I'm about to get heated. The <laughs> NBA needs to stay in their lane. Like they can't have scouts at every freaking game. They, I mean, they're like. But that that starts at like AAU. That's not even no. But it gets worse in college. These guys are talking these kids up. Yeah. They're taking, you know, they're going early. That's why they, they shouldn't go early. That's why they get them schools are getting, they, you know, they losing them championships after they win too, right? Because you getting all those, yeah, all those violations. So I'm saying, like, if, yep. yeah, if you want to call it for what it is, like the NBA needs to stay in their lane. Like I think they need to stop with the like NFL too. You should not be able to be recruited until you're at least a junior, and the Ooh. only reason a junior is because. <laughs> no, hold, hear, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. The only reason when you're a junior, hopefully they've gotten enough education because at the end of the day, this I can take my rookie year and I'm done. These kids have got nothing else. Like that's like objectively, objectively a junior. Okay. Objectively. Like you shouldn't have no more fifth year seniors playing, all that crap. No, a junior because it, by that time they should have at least a basis of something to fall back on. If I was to, if I was to actually do some research in it, and probably my gut's telling me I'm right, all the people that leave early that get hurt their first uh, two years and they're done, mm-hmm. it's probably it probably outweighs the superstars that that do that. Like Zion, everybody's like all, all like they, everybody quote unquote loves him, right? Mm. He's not he's not in good physical shape. Mm-mm. Not to be that young. To be that young, he should, be playing, he should like, be playing like almost 40 minutes a game. That's what I think. But I'm, I, that's just how like I look. That is primarily because he didn't stay in college longer? His weight. I think 
I think I think he got abused in college. He got hyped up in college, and he went early, and he shouldn't have gone. I think he should have waited for himself, like for him. Right? I mean, he if wanted ke- to, but literally every other person told him he was like, dude. But you got to. Was he, like, nah, he had dude, to go. You got to go. He's at the highest yeah. he could be as far as his stock. You, his he must value get hurt in college. Could not could not get higher. I mean, but exactly. that's the whole thing, right? Is like you're constantly that's... weighing the potential of if I come back and play another free year of college and I blow out my ACL or tear my Achilles, like, I'm mm-hmm. done. I never make that money in the NBA. You know what I mean? And that's the same thing with these kids that are leaving early that's... who don't even get drafted. Like, they're, it's just that chance. And I don't know. Like, my... I'm, I'm not a fan of the idea that the professional leagues – Say you can't come play here until you're X amount of years or X, you know, like I think there are kids who I mean, Kevin Garnett was like ready to play in the NBA when he was 18. Right. Like there are Kobe. some people. It's rare. Yeah. Yeah. But there are some people. I, I knew you're going to bring up Kobe. Look, <laughs> it's in that look. What did he do with his rookie year, though? I that dude was a monster. Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not. I mean, a Okay, forget me being a fan, right? What's the right thing for the person? If you if you exclude all the 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 small percentage of people that can actually become those superstars, mm-hmm. NFL, NBA, uh, NBA, sometimes even the MLB, right? You you rarely see it in hockey. Most of these guys they go off and uh, who was do who was money that was married to or messed around with the Kardashian, uh, the running back, um, Reggie Bush. Oh, Reggie, Reggie Bush. Bush. What happened? Yeah, right. what happened to his career? He went early. Like he well, was he a started, high draft he, he got hurt. He got hurt a lot, though. Yeah, but he got hurt. But prior to that, he went early because he, he was thinking about like, what he was going to do. Which was the earliest he could go. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying. I'm saying. All I'm saying is like you. He played his best years of football for free at Cal or yeah. USC. Like they made yeah, all the USC. money off of him. Yeah, I mean, like, and I know he got his his house for his family and whatever, all the stuff that he ended up like losing the Heisman Trophy for. But ultimately, like USC made way more. Like Pete Carroll made way but, more bank off of Reggie Bush. But than that's Reggie Bush what, that's did. why I'm all. That's why I'm also a fan of like paying these kids. Yeah. So I, I think there's it's a bigger conversation. Okay. Yeah. I, like like, I don't want. I don't want to be a fan and be like, well, nah, you gotta wait. Nah, I think they should make money. Like I, I just heard something the other day that. Uh, Apparently, the NCAA is going back to primarily Carolina players where they can make money off, like past students can make money off of the, uh, uh, you know, like crap merchandise they're selling with their with their So basically licensing. Yeah. So they can actually make money off the licensing. I think that there's a bigger conversation. I'm not saying like I have a solve. I'm saying like there's a lot of things and super complex and because baseball is different from Baseball recruitment is different from basketball. It is. I actually like the way that baseball does it. Like the fact that you can basically be drafted and then say, no, I'm going to come back and play like that. You have that choice. It's not like if you enter your name or if you get selected, then you don't get the option to come back. Right. Um, But so there's a lot of complexity and I I get like and I, I used to just think about it like I want that W. Right. Yeah. But then I just started thinking like, well, the human factor like there are so many broke NFL football players. There are so many yep. broke NBA basketball mm-hmm. players, and, and a lot of them they get drafted, freaking twenty years old. Right. You give me five million dollars at twenty, <laughs> I'm probably doing lines of coke. <laughs> like, 
by 21, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, mean, I think that says a lot about you personally, Andre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying like that. You, you guys know what I mean, right? It's just like I'm going to burn through that money at some point. Right. And that, that's all I'm saying. Like, not saying I would do coke because that looks very complicated. But my point being is like, there should be a responsibility so it's an equitable deal. And I think a lot of times it's not an equitable deal. Well, what if this yeah. – I have an idea. Let's say this. We put up some okay. – you put up some type of guideline or standard or something that you had to have as far as if you wanted to leave that early, make sure you have a legitimate, um, responsible uh, group of people around you that could guide you in the right direction as far as you're spending your money. You know, just to, just to have I don't that. even trust that. But look, at Br- look at Britney Spears. Ooh. That's tough. <laughs> it is. I mean, that's that's a hard one to judge as well. I think. I mean, I think part of the solution is allowing college athletes to be able to at least make money off of their own likeness. You know, it's yeah. not. I don't think yeah. that the schools necessarily have to be paying them, but there's absolutely no reason that they shouldn't be able to make money outside of playing football. You know, like or because they're playing football or whatever right. sport it may be, like. If you're, you know, a marching band member, it's not like you can't go out and have a solo, you know, flutist Career. album. Now you're probably not going to make a bunch of money doing that. But <laughs> you know, I like, I mean, something like that. You're no, absolutely right. No, like, you pause. Could... Yeah, did, did you see the uh, SNL's uh, clip with the, uh, like, they're talking about hip hop songs with the flute? No, I didn't. Uh. You guys have got to watch that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So you might be wrong when you're saying flutists can't make money well, because yeah. <laughs> back then. I have to check that I, out myself. Yeah, yeah, that is the funniest. That is the funniest joint. But uh, but you're not wrong. I, I'm just saying, like, I think that when it comes with like how Americans consume sports, it's often unfair to the athlete. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, whether it's, to me it feels very much like like the old gladiators you know where it's like we yeah. don't really ultimately care we just want a good show you know like right it's if you're hurt we'll go out and play because i paid money to see you play right like right. i paid money to see the stars yeah. when i came here or i tuned in and expected to see lebron play i don't want him sitting on the on the bench because he needs to rest this game and i'm and right. i mean i'm certainly not i'm like dude I, 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 sometimes I need sick days too. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. When uh, when, when Manning went to Denver, I was pissed. Yeah, I'm like, yo, you're making seventy five million dollars. You can't remember eighteen plays. <laughs> like seventy five million dollars. I own like half of your brain. <laughs> like, I I should get you to be able to pass a ball. <laughs> like, there's but. At the same time, like, I'll be when this is what probably really made me commit to changing my perspective on it. My youngest son, um, he was a junior and he was playing lacrosse, right? Um, and he was really good at it. He got a, a, a full scholarship to, I believe, Utah and a couple other places. And I'm like, yo, Bub, why don't you go? He goes, Dad, I'm tired of getting hurt. And he just had yeah. like his, you know, ripped another ACL. I mean, and I'm like, I actually had to like step back and, you know, remember when he was playing football, uh, when he went to high school, sure. He was returning kick returns. It was crazy to watch. Like I would, I showed you a couple of videos. Like that's my son just like running a kick return back for a touchdown. But in order to stay a running back, he'd have to put on 50 pounds, 50 to 60 pounds. He's like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And then as he got older, he was like, I don't want, I'm tired of getting hurt. 
And it just makes you realize, as a parent, I was like, okay, yes, as a fan, I want to see, I want to get the W. Mm -hmm. As a parent or as the individual, I don't want to see my kid, like, iced up all the time. Yeah. Like, that's just not okay. It messes with your psyche, too, though. Yeah, I mean, you can get so gung-ho, like, you forget about you're playing a game and you... You're always pushing your body to what it can't do anymore. Like, especially right. if you're injured. Right. Like, think about all the guys that play with concussions or they play with uh, dislocated shoulders or mm. uh, knees that have popped out of socket. Or there's a lot of things where we don't think of. Like, Kobe, like, I gained respect for him when I realized he had all those microsurgeries just to keep playing. Yeah. Like, I was never a Kobe fan until I heard that. I'm like, he did really? what? His offseason was, <laughs> yeah. I was never a Kobe fan. Never. You never catch me be like, yo, Kobe's the man. No, never. I was a big Kobe never fan. That. Iverson was the same way, though, right? Oh, yeah, but Iverson's my dog, you know? <laughs> 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 Yo, I F with Iverson. I, I F with Rashid Wallace. I don't, like, Kobe wasn't, like, I I respected his game, but his, Kobe was like Jordan to me, right? Yeah. Like for me, Jordan was keep Jordan every year kept the Knicks from going to the playoffs. Like nine times out of ten, if the Knicks weren't going to the playoffs, you know whose fault it was? Pippen and Jordan. Well, Jordan and Pippen. <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah, but when Kobe was playing, that was just the Knicks the were keeping themselves from the playoffs. <laughs> the Pacers got them too, didn't they? Yeah. What about that? that All right, thank you guys. It's been a great episode. <laughs> That's it. No, we can't start like, yo, we, on the Knicks. That is, yo, like, like you guys, like you guys are cutting me the. I'm glad you guys don't watch a lot of baseball because I'm like, yo, you know who yo, I have been watching some baseball lately because he's because my boy Trey Turner from NC State. Man, every everybody, everybody uh, is an NC State guy. That's right. <laughs> NC State and all right, so Tony, Chris, you know that's what is it? Seven separation from Kevin Bacon. Yeah, seven yeah. steps to Kevin Bacon. Yeah, that's what he does with NC State. Like, except there's usually just one. <laughs> like, oh, that guy plays at State. Oh, that guy used to play at State. <laughs> it's like some random, like, you know the uh, the third string like kicker from like, uh, Green Bay. <laughs> yeah, he used Green to play Bay. at State. <laughs> he played his state for like six days. <laughs> I know the entire NC State player history. If, if they're playing somewhere in the pros, I'm I'm following them. Carlos Rodon threw a no hitter, almost had a perfect game, except he skipped that ball off the guy's toes. So you watch baseball with like malice? Like, you, you don't watch it too. Enjoy. Watch it with malice. What does that mean? Like you watch it just for like uh, you like you play at state, yeah, I'll watch it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I root for my state guys. Like that has yeah, that's just how my fandom works. Like if so you I'm start watching. if you start throwing out Minnesota Twins players, I'm like nah, dude. No, like, those are literally I like can't. the only two NC State players <laughs> that I know are Carlos Rodon <laughs> and Trey Turner in baseball. I mean, it's like in in uh in basketball in the NBA. I basically got uh, TJ Warren. <laughs> And Dennis Smith Jr., who just keeps getting sh- somehow shipped to worse and worse teams. Like, I can't, yo. I can't. <laughs> I can't. You can't even bring up Dennis Smith Jr. without me laughing. It's like, 
Yo, that dude. I know we no. paid that kid like fifty thousand dollars to lose <laughs> most of the games that season. I mean, it was like literally that one Duke, that one dunk at the end of the Duke game that didn't even count was the best. The best we part paid of one fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, that's like state can't even cheat right, you know. I mean, like Mark Godfrey <laughs> shows up saying. and he's like, "Here's fifty thousand dollars. Come lose some basketball games for me because he didn't bother recruiting anybody else." I swear he was like, "No, I'm just gonna pay this one player instead of paying a few of them." I just oh man, I I can't, I can't. Um, all right, so <laughs> so TJ Warren to get paid? Wow. I'm sure, well, <laughs> so like TJ Warren, his dad played at state, and so I mean, like he was probably getting some benefits, you know, because I think any of the really good players, the schools figure out a way, or the boosters do, you know, like oh here's here's a rental car you can drive around for a few weeks. Uh, so I'm sure. I mean, I remember Tracy Smith Jr. I think like there were always stories about him driving around some fancy car on Hillsborough Street. So I think like it definitely happens. I know State's got those easy classes too. You know, like CJ Leslie was in a bunch of that stuff. He had some poem that came out that everybody <laughs> gave a hard time about. But it's um I don't know. I'm like I think at the end of the day I'm I'm with you, Andre, in that I just wish that we were doing more there was more being done to focus on the athletes and the and the people themselves. Yeah. You know? And yeah. Uh, more to help them, you know, whether it's ensuring that they have an opportunity to come back and finish a degree later at, you know, some discounted price or, you know, whatever it right. is, like, figure... Or even free. Yeah. Like, seriously, because I mean, they make... Please tell me they're not making money off these kids. So, and I, I want to end I want to end it with this. So, I've got it, um, a kid in my neighborhood. So, when, you know, of course, when kids are graduating, like, high school, all the parents put their proud parent of ex high school senior yeah. right there's a kid in my neighborhood and he was a pretty i think he played tight end at my daughter's school like they i'm sure that school rode him out as far as an athlete he probably did yeah like like he's not going to college right now right so school wasn't a priority wow. but they rode him out yeah and it's just That's when sad. i look at that now and it's all yeah, right? I mean, it's, it's yeah. just like I'm going to – I'm taking advantage of – and this is on the parents also. It's like, yo, like what's what's the most important thing? Um, and it's, you know, and the kids in my neighborhood, they well, they go to school. Like, like it's a new school. So I'm like leaving the neighborhood one day and it, and it says proud patriot. I'm like, patriots? And I'm like <laughs> – like, I will burn your house down. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, former NC State wide receiver Jacoby Myers plays for the New England Patriots. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, whatever. <laughs> See? I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm surprised you're not talking so, about uh... – so... Oh, go ahead. My fault. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's all good. But I'm just saying, like, for me, it, when I think – when I see the fact that this kid, like, he probably – they wrote him out in high school. Probably didn't get into a, a college that he wanted to get into, but he was a superstar for a minute. And it's like, what do you got now? Right. And that's what I think athletes now it's happening younger and younger. It's not happening when they're like out of college. It's happening in high school. Yeah. So these kids aren't even getting to college, but we're, we're, um, we applaud them just for Friday night. 
or we applaud them for Thursday night or Friday night basketball or you know whenever but we don't think about what they're going to do next. We don't yeah. we don't emphasize education. We don't emphasize like the fact that you know when you're 25 your knees may not work. I mean exactly. there's a lot of things that we just kind of leave on the sideline. So I just look at it a different way and it, it it breaks my heart. Like watching my son go through that where he's like I mean a full ride to college like every parent's happy about that. Oh yeah. But how many how many parents like force their kid to go because it's a free ride? Right. Absolutely. Yeah, they're looking at the glamour the whole time. I mean, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> so- Even with COVID, I was I was watching parents like I think they were at Michigan and they're like our you know, our kids trained their whole life for this. They should be able to play. I'm like, but you can die. Like Feed the golden that's goose. Crazy. Don't kill the golden goose. Like, I mean, if that's if that's your <laughs> angle, okay. But don't strangle the goose at the same time. That's ridiculous. So yeah, it's. I mean, uh, I you know, I think like it's tough because I do understand on the one hand that you know parents look at it as this may be my kid's opportunity, right? Like, especially if yeah. they're a senior or a junior, and it's kind of like you know the only reason they may not get selected as high in the draft is because they're not getting the opportunity to play this year. So it's it's like I I. I can understand where they're coming from, but yeah, at the same time, it's like, is it worth it, right? You know, not knowing ultimately the long-term potential complications from this, and we're already starting to see like some athletes, you know, who are suffering, like Jason Tatum's, right? He's got to use an inhaler before he goes out and plays. Um, Cam Newton never looked the same after he came back from having COVID last year. Right, right. Stuff like that. I mean, you know, I'm not saying that it's it's 100%, gonna ruin somebody's career but it's i mean it's a potential right just like going out and getting injured at doing anything else and so i just i don't know it's it's i'm i'm glad i wasn't having to make that decision i guess because it's not an easy one to make um my my daughter uh two-time national champion in karate right when she was done she was done like i i kind of recognize i rec which it's kind of bad that i recognize it with my daughter but not my son if that makes me well, it doesn't make me feel better, but but I can look back and reflect and say because she had an opportunity to go to the, to the um, junior Olympics, wow! But she was done, and I you know I kind of wanted to push her, but I also realized that she said no, Dad, I'm done, I, I don't want to do it anymore, mm-hmm. and she would she would ice up, you know. So for me, like sports is a big thing in my family, like we. It's like we're competitive. You saw mm-hmm. watching Madden, right? Can't lose in my house without people talking crap to you. It's just like, like, and I got to get that W, yo. I don't care. I will punch a kid in the face. I'm like, no. Nah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Daddy, why is Uncle Andre like body slamming me? He's got to win, dude. You got to toughen up. <laughs> yeah. I, I might have said that too, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but like when my daughter, I recognized it with my daughter. I didn't recognize it with my son because I kind of said, "Dude, you should play." You know, like go play tight end. He's like, "I got to put on thirty pounds." Running back, fifty, sixty, tight end. You know, thirty, forty pounds. Yeah. He's like, "No, I'm good." He's like, "I'm good. I'm ripping my ACL like, like every three months." You know. Mm. Um, I I remember playing like uh, soccer as a kid. 
Like, my right knee is only messed up because I got kicked in my knee. And it was the only game my dad went to. And I was playing Gulk. I was a keeper. So, like, I didn't do a lot of running. But I remember getting kicked, hitting the pitch, looking up. And I kid you not, I see my old man. And I didn't cry. I just sucked it up. Right. But there was a bone that was chipped in my kneecap. <laughs> I just, like... I'm a man, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna do what I do. You know? <laughs> I was like 12. <laughs> like, you know, why is that? A, why is that an option? Like a 12 year old should be like, oh my knee hurts, yeah. right? So I mean, so those are things where, like, when I fast forward to like you know in my 40s and 30s, like those things aren't okay. Like you gotta, as a parent, your job should be to protect and support your kid, not to. And and I'm not trying to like. I don't know everybody's situation, so I'm not going to try to assume. I'm just like, but real talk, your kid's not your paycheck. Yeah. You got that right. But it's hard, though. It's hard, though, because sometimes the parent feels, you know, they, they, they find themselves living through their kids, too. And that's that's the balance you got to kind of get to have. You know, it's okay to want those things for them, but you don't want to live like straight just, you know what? Yeah, that should have been me. I'm going to make sure he gets, you know gets there if the kid doesn't want to do it he doesn't want to do it you know you can't make him because then he's really gonna he's really gonna gonna hate it like what what, yeah you know corinne i wanted corinne to you know really play basketball because she has this height you know you can't teach height that's the saying right you can't teach height you know but (laughs) 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 she has shorty is i mean she she, yeah she's tall you know why aren't you dunking girl (laughs) right you know but if she doesn't want to do it, I, I, you know, I'm not gonna force it on her. You know, that's just what it was. I'm not gonna force it on her. You know, so she didn't play. And I respect that because I, I, I would be mad at you. Like, when your kid says they're done, they're done. Yeah. I mean, that's I'd it. rather like go be, like uh, I have a cousin and she played ball at uh, Barton College, right? And I used to always give her crap. I'm like, you know, there's no there, there wasn't a professional league for women. I was like, there's no professional league. Why are you playing ball so much? Yeah. yeah. Joke on me. Yo, she she used to ball <laughs> me out, yo. And I, I would actually have to like get physical, like push up on her, be like, nah, yo, you know, you, you gotta stop hitting that mid range on me like that. Wow. <laughs> I mean, she would, she, yo, she would, she would get me with that fadeaway all the time. I'm like, yo, I'm about to like jump and like, like push her back a little bit so I could like not lose in a game of twenty one, but. Uh, competition's good but it's got to be healthy yeah. right i, I think right. there's other things in life that uh you can f- push yourself to be good at um, yeah life and and i think as a parent like that's got to be hard and, and i respect what you're saying you can't live through your kid right that that's um right. that's a yeah it's tough yeah it's tough not to. It is tough. I mean, you always yeah, yeah. you always want them to be better than you, so that's where you that's where you get it's it's kinda like almost like a trap. But you, you, you gotta find that balance. You got to find that balance. That's how I look at it. You know, I struggle with I yeah, I struggle with that statement of you want your kids uh my wife says it a lot, that she wants our kids to be better than us. And I don't I don't necessarily uh, I don't know if I don't I don't understand the phrase, so I don't subscribe to it. If that makes sense. I'm, so I'm not trying to, I, I don't discount people that say that, but I look at it as my parents, yes, sure, 
there are some things I'm doing better than my parents, mm-hmm. but as a parent myself, I want my kids to enjoy the most out of life. Not necessarily make it a, uh, and this is my perspective, when I hear that phrase, mm-hmm. it's not a competition for me, right? right? Well, I want them to be, no, I'm not, I am not saying that for you to, <laughs> it's not a, it's not like for me, I, I always look at it not in a form of rebuttal. Yeah, yeah. Right? So when I, I'll even tell my wife, I'm like, I don't necessarily understand that uh, phrase, mm-hmm. so I don't subscribe to it. And this is why I want my kids to enjoy the most out of life, not to necessarily do better than me, because the on the inverse, your kids want to have the same things you have when right. they haven't gotten to or done what you've done, right? So if you think when I think about that holistically, I look at the millennials like, oh, I'm 25. Why don't I have a house? Or I'm 26. Why haven't I been promoted to manager? Yeah, because well, you're 26. This yeah. is your first job. Shut up. Yeah, <laughs> you're 25. You're broke. Shut up. Go get an apartment <laughs> like a normal person. <laughs> like so. So, <laughs> so I, that's how I look at it. It's like I don't necessarily. I don't look at it where I want my kids' life to be better than mine. I want them to have access to opportunities. I want them to be able to make those decisions freely as opposed to feeling forced to do that. Right. And and it's just my it's it's my perspective. It's how I handle like how I like I have a son that works at a really cool company that had a really cool national or global event today, and something he did at work was recognized. And he worked on it. He hit me up on a text that he goes, yeah, you got to watch this. I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch it. And I'm like, you know, texting back and forth. I'm like, I'm so proud of you. Like he had a goal. He went out and did it. And I'm like, as a parent, I'm proud of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and that's where it's like, he's not better than me. He's my son. Right. Right. I want him to accomplish those things. I want him to set goals and work hard for them because I've had to set goals and work hard for goals. Doesn't make him better than me. Right. I want him to um, like I, I tell my kids all the time, like, dude, one thing and mom, if you're listening, don't take this out of context. One thing I, I I'm envious of my kids for is that they can live a life without like without being concerned about support. Yeah. And that, it makes you kind of fearless because when my kids call me and say, hey, dad, what should I do about this? Or, uh, you know. You know, what do you, you know, how do you see this? I can talk to them like, yeah, it's a good idea. And, you know, I would approach it this way. And it's because, and that makes, and I say, look, dude, if, if anything, you can go and try it and not do well. And if things go to shit, you can come live with me or your mom or whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. That's an option. That's something I didn't have as a, you know, growing up. Like I live in a, a, a scarcity mentality in a healthy way, mm-hmm. but I'm grateful that my kids don't have to do that. So, and, and I don't, and that's not a knock on my mom. It's just a matter of like, you know, I, I looked, I always believe every parent should understand this and every child one day will, will understand this about their parents. They did the best they could do with what they knew. That's it. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I want my kids to be like, you know, my dad, my old man, he did the best he could do with what he knew. Yeah. And, I, I look at my parents through that lens, and I I hope that my kids look at me through that lens. But it's never about being better, right? It's not a competition. Yeah. Like you know, uh, one of my one of my other nephews, uh, he 
you know, I always like family for me is important. Like, um, like if you're my family, I will do whatever I can to, uh, help you with whatever. I, I just feel like that's an obligation because I'm not going to always be batting a thousand and I want my family to do the same thing for me. Right. I want them to keep me off the ledge. I'll keep you off the ledge. You keep me off the ledge. You're like, and we'll both live that way. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and I always talk to Chris and I, I'm going to stop talking about this, but it's important. Like two things. One words are important. How we express that and how we like give the full, like logical conclusion to what we say and believe is important. So when you say competing with, or, or you want your kid's life to be like better than yours, I look at it as a competition. So for me, I think that's important to be like, no, let's clarify that, right? So it's not a judgment or like something where, where it requires rebuttal. It's just how I, I think in a better light, it's more, this is what it translates to me. Okay. And secondly, I think that it's important that, um, and, and I, I'm not a good per. I'm not a good person for me if I don't do this for my friends and family. So people I rock with, I rock with you like a hundred percent, right? And and I think both of you could say like if you ever called me, like I'd probably be like, yeah, I got time. Yeah. Or I can agree that. It's mm-hmm. yeah. it's never going to be like, not busy. Yeah, I can't talk. Or if you needed something for me, I'd be like, no, let me let me help you out. Let me see what I can do. And I think for me, it helps me to stay grounded in the fact I do that because I know there's going to be times in my life where I suck. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I totally just like right now suck and there's nothing I can do about it. So I, I want to make sure that I, I'm available for people like I would need them to be available for me. And that's how I look at family, right? Um, like my circle is very small. My my family is very big. The people I consider family is very big. The people I talk to and I'm like, yeah, let me tell you on Monday, I was really struggling. You know? <laughs> like on TV, I'm super confident, but I fell apart on Monday. Right. <laughs> so, so, and I, and I think that's important. I think it's especially important for guys. Like, as we front all the time, guys are just like, we could be professional lions, but we aren't. But I, I <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, I, I just wanted to like, anyway, I, I just felt like that's, that's how I feel about that. It's like, dude, no, as a parent, you just want your kid to be able to like go out and be their best and be fearless. Knowing like the things that we were scared to do or not confident to do, we got their back. Yeah. It makes them, you know, feel confident and bold. Yeah. That was a lot. It was great though. Um, I like that. I like that aspect. Oh, thank you. Because, like I said, it makes me look at it differently now. As far as saying that, because maybe that's what I meant meant in my mind, but saying it that way, I guess it comes out a different way. You know, that's like you said, words are very important. How you say things and what what you say or how you say it is it's, it's very it's very impactful. So, just saying it that way makes me look at it at, like you said in a different lens. You know just understanding what I'm saying because what I what I'm saying to him to my son or my daughter they may think of it as like what are you talking about and I'm thinking what you're saying but not it's not coming out that way so right so I guess like for me I've always kind of looked at it as not not a competition in terms of like this is what I did you should do more but I think more in line with what you know kind of I think where you were going Andre is 
like opportunities, right? Like I yeah, would like right. to make sure that my kids have the same opportunities that I had, if right. not more or better opportunities, right? Like I want to, I want to make sure that they feel supported to be able to do the things they need to achieve those opportunities and to take yeah. advantage of them. And so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think like it's because it, it does. I think it all comes from a very, you know, like loving you know, mm-hmm. nurturing place, but there is, there is an, like, I, I see exactly what you're saying in terms of like that, the term saying like, I want my kids to do better. Um, yeah. But yeah. Like, was your life that crap? <laughs> <laughs> I tease my dad about that all the time. Cause he says stuff like that. He's like, you know, like, was it that bad? Like I didn't realize that things were that bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> that sucks. You know? Like, I'm sorry you had to go through that. Yeah. Like, that's living in the Flintstones world. <laughs> uh, one thing, one thing I wanted to talk about, and I know this is we're running kind of long. Tony, I'm glad that you joined us. Um, glad you guys invited me. Oh, definitely, dude. Don't don't ever worry about that. You know, uh, you might be a regular because you made me laugh. <laughs> like, I gotta have somebody else like pick on Chris about his <laughs> NC State obsession. Um, so, uh, the Derek Chauvin, uh, trial is over today. Yeah. And he got, he got found guilty in all three accounts. I will, I will be, I want to share it with you guys because this is how I've been feeling about it. Like I try to avoid the trial Mm -hmm. I try not to watch it. And then I started watching it, you know, I was like, I just can't, I, I got to, I just have to see if there's. Something that um, is, I, I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, Chris and I were talking last week, and we've talked often about how a lot of this, a lot of the things that happen in these major national global situations, that could have been me. Like, there's, yeah, like, there's probably not one situation I've heard where somebody lost their life and it couldn't have been me where. And that that bothers me. It kind of freaks me out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, my feeling on the conviction is like, I great. He's guilty. Like nobody could ever say the dude wasn't guilty. And the I believe the prosecution and, and I watched the case. Like they did their job. They did what they were supposed to do. So if the jury would have been like, Nah, he's not guilty on count two, I'd be like. You guys weren't listening. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, we need to run that back. Let's run that back. And I, I guess the the anxiety I'm feeling is that, um, and you guys tell me your thoughts. I don't think anything's going to change. Like, at the end of the day, I'm glad he got convicted and because that means there's not going to be riots. Seriously. Yeah. Like, that is my relief. I do not believe in my heart of hearts that we as a society are ready to do the work. And it's not just about black people. It's about, it's about people that are not white. And I, cause I'm tired of that argument too. I, I, I can't stress that enough. I don't think anything's going to change. And I think the reason it won't change is because we're not addressing the root cause of the issue. So we only address the symptoms. So I have something to say about that. Um, just listen to what you said. Um, I couldn't watch that trial at all, personally. I didn't even want to, like, it would come up on my phone, you know, they would say things, I would kind of, like, rush right through it. I didn't want to know because they were saying that 
that the, the verdict could probably, it could probably take up to the end of the month. I'm like, dang, that's a long time. So I don't want to, I don't want to know what's going on, you know, honestly. Right. And then they get, like, you know, I'm on the way home, pulling up to the house. They're saying that he's like, he's guilty in all three verdicts. So I'm thinking, me and the, me and you know, Brittany were like, oh, no, you know, I'm, we're glad that it he got the all guilty, you know, all three charges are all guilty, you know. But I can't say that I don't think that anything is not gonna happen, not, not gonna change because you have to. In order for things to change, there has to be something tragic that happens, right? Like something, something has to change by going. We have to go through something. So maybe, and it's sad to say, maybe George Floyd being that quote-unquote sacrificial lamb for things to change. You know, just to look at it that way, because now they're gonna try to pass a bill, the George Floyd bill coming. You know, that's that's another thing that's possibly supposed to happen so now if we pass that bill maybe we can open up these talks and actually talk about not just you know people of color getting killed it's about actually seeing people of color as humans you know it's about a humanity thing so you we have to look at it that way and have some type of hope because something has to change you know i don't think that nothing won't change i think i honestly feel like there is a chance it is a chance because can't keep doing all this wrong and nothing nothing happened to nobody you know what i'm saying that that that's like that's crazy you know that's just how i feel personally i have a i mean i have a contradiction so like the logical part of me understands that precedent in law makes the next time like more likely to have a positive result right where i i'm concerned is like the objective part of me and and kind of subjective yeah. is that is when what messed me up was the lieutenant governor of Minnesota saying that it's not safe to be in Minnesota and be black. Like that, I think that probably took away. Okay. Legally. Yes. Precedent. You're screwed. Right. You, you kind of you're going to always run into that precedent. Right. But what made me kind of pause and I like I was looking for a tweet to comment on it, but I'm glad I didn't find it because now I, I've had some time to process it. It makes me more aware of the fact that there are people that have influence over all of our daily like lives that recognize the problem, but they do nothing about it. And that's. That was like when we first talked about George Floyd, like I was probably a little bit more optimistic. I understood the pain that we'd have to go through to get to this point. But what threw me off was the fact that the lieutenant governor of Minnesota made that comment. Like, I can't imagine. Um, and, I, and I've been like in, my, in the back of my mind, we've had a great conversation about sports and everything like that. Um, I've been trying to figure out like how I feel about this. Like there's the logical side that says, yes, but it's precedent like legally in court. I can, whether it's like all 50 state Supreme courts are going to look to this trial as precedent done. 
if you look at the facts of the case and the the, uh, the unfortunate parts, such as the video, such you know all these other things, th those are substantial, and and they're also they may not happen again, right? There, it's like yo, that was very explicit. Mm -hmm. The entire world watched this guy kill this person on on a phone, like uh, or their TV or wherever, like, every day for like three weeks. We all watched somebody die for three weeks straight. Um, and I was like, I think I was okay. Like, I was probably where you are, Tony. And I was probably thinking what Chris may have been thinking about this. But the thing that made me pause and like it messed me up, I tripped right on my journey to like feeling that like I would have been okay with the verdict until I started really pondering what she said. And um, <laughs> I, that's what I don't, I don't understand. I don't, I can't reconcile like, um, like she's literally, she's, if you think about like being 50,000 feet in the air, she's watching this whole state run. And then she actually says of her mouth. Um, it's not safe to be in this state if you're black. That's what I, I in my mind, like, uh, I, I just can't reconcile. Like, so if it's, if that's Minnesota, what about North Carolina? Right? So there have been 60, there have been 60 mass shootings. Think about it this way. And this is like her statement opened up. Like and, and then I'm gonna let you guys like help hopefully keep me on course here. Her statement opened up the like the fact that there have been like close to sixty mass shootings since March fifteenth of this year. That's why it's not just a black problem. If we add in the assaults on Asian Americans, our niece, right, could potentially be part of that. that we don't e we don't even we watch the whole house burn and we don't do anything about it. She's 50,000 feet up in the air saying, Oh, by the way, <laughs> however many square miles Minnesota is, isn't safe. If you don't look like me, by the way, since March 15th, almost 60 people just going to work, going to the grocery store. Like we will let them die. That's what concerns me. Like that's where my brain goes. I'm kind of, I'm super skeptical about like how we are, are we really motivated to fix the, the immediate problems that we're going through? And that's all I'll, I'll give it to you guys. <laughs> Cause I'm getting kind of emotional and I'm not going to like get emotional and it's, it's just, it, it, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. Yeah. I think, um, I, I hadn't heard or seen that statement, but that seems like a really unintelligent thing to say. I mean, like, what is the solution? You know, if you're a black person in Minnesota, like you have to leave. Is that what you're telling people? Right. Like, I mean, jokingly, I said last week, we sh you shouldn't live in Minnesota. Right. But and <laughs> and she agrees. With and me. we, but we said the same thing last week where it's like, I mean, really are the rest of the States that much better ultimately, you know, I mean, it's, it's not just 
Minnesota where this has been an issue. This is across the entire country. Um, right. You know, and I think, you know, in terms of, I guess, moving forward after this verdict, you know, I'm, I'm with you in that. I don't think that this specific verdict will really change much going forward. I don't even know if from a precedent standpoint, because each individual case is so unique in, in terms of the circumstances, I think maybe the most unique thing that we saw in this trial was the number of people that kind of crossed that blue wall, you know, the blue wall of silence that we often hear about. And we're actually testifying, you know, that what happened was wrong, that what they saw That's, was uh, wrong, you know? And so maybe that is the start of more people feeling comfortable, you know, standing up for what's right or more specifically standing up against what's wrong, regardless of the potential fallout for them personally, which I think would be a, you know, a, a step in the right direction, but punishing the individual officers who commit these atrocious acts is a, is a treatment of the symptom and not addressing what the root problem is. The root problem is, is that the system is doing exactly what it was set up to do, you know? And until we change that, this will just continue to happen. And, you know, slapping the bandaid that is, you know, a murder conviction honestly on the death of somebody else i don't i mean you know it doesn't bring george floyd back like it doesn't stop another officer from going out and doing the exact same thing um you know it it maybe puts a momentary pause in their head to say well what if i end up like derek chauvin you know like that's but beyond that i mean what what lasting impact will this really have until like you said the people who have the ability to change something about this, actually do something. Yeah. Sorry if that didn't help walk you off the ledge. <laughs> <laughs> so, my thing is, since you, I've listened to both um, responses from Andre and Chris, so, and now I want to um, respond to what Chris says as far as you do you, you you feel like you kind of agree with with Dre, right, Andre? Is that right? Yeah, Chris? you know, like I, <laughs> you can call me Dre, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know who you mean. <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, like, look, I think. Yeah, I don't think that anything necessarily just because the trial and the conviction. I don't know that that necessarily means that we're on the precipice of some you know overhaul of the of the system or like this is the beginning of the cure for this i think it's it's more you know yes this this feels somewhat cathartic right for people who wanted some level of justice and to feel like police officers are not allowed to just go out and wantonly kill people without some sort of consequence like in that regard it does feel good but it's i mean even right even in the last like three weeks two three weeks we've seen how many people die at the hands of police officers you know and i know like the the conviction hadn't come through but it just seems to me that until more is done to address stuff at, at where this is actually starting, which is, you know, what the police are basically designed to do, how that whole system is built, that any number of convictions on the back end of it is really more just paying lip service as opposed to trying to, like, stop these things Fix from it. happening to begin with. Yeah. So how do you feel about defunding the police? 
<laughs> I think that's the dumbest term ever. Yeah. I, I think funding the police. I, I, that is the dumbest term ever. Yeah, I think like, I mean like we've talked about it on on this show before mm-hmm. that like personally I think a part of the issue and not specifically like this case but in other instances where we have unnecessarily vi- unnecessary violence because we have police responding to things that police shouldn't be responding to. Right. We put a lot of things on police to handle because we don't really feel like having somebody else do it. Um, so I don't think it's a matter of defunding the police. I think it's providing the right resources to respond to the right emergencies and not exclusively relying on police for that. But then, you know, I mean, in this specific case, I just think there's also something has to be done to understand that, like, taking another person's life as a police officer should always be like the absolute last. I have done everything that I can to try and de-escalate this situation. And far too often, it seems like it's more your second or third reaction is I'm going to pull out my gun and start shooting. And so my response to that, what you just said, that last part, these guys or women, they're in the, they're on the force. Your first response is to kill, which shouldn't be right. They, they have an obligation to serve and protect. So, once your 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 obligation to serve and protect, why can't they be taught how to you know um, I don't know you, you're going into this thing as far as you know you're gonna be dealing with somebody that doesn't want to be that doesn't want to be arrested they don't want to you know you know go to jail this that and the other so why can't we try to like you say you are you were talking to Dre talk them off the ledge or whatever that's another way of talking talking them off the ledge you don't want to kill the person because once you kill that person you can't bring them back you know. There's no, yeah. there's no coming back. So, they deal with this every day. I, I think, I, I think the, but I think policing. That's why I think defunding the police is is the dumbest phrase I've ever heard. Right. It's dealing with the symptom. It has nothing to do with like, if you think about the common cold. This is a, a better analogy than my Interstate 40 <laughs> analogy. <laughs> if you get a cold. Seven to ten days, like you got to ride it out, right? Yeah, we don't have a cure for the cold, it's just you're stuck with mm-hmm. that, right? Right, it's like anything else, like deal with the you, you can't. Uh, policing is a symptom of a problem, period. It's not a solution to a problem. It has nothing to do with solving the problem. Why do people steal? They don't have money. Why don't they have money? You keep digging, right? Yeah. Why do people commit crimes? Typically because they're broke. Right. They're like, there's a, there's a smaller percentage of people that are just motivated and wired to do those acts. Yeah, sociopaths. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's where I, I look at when I, when somebody says defund the police, I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Right. If somebody breaks into my house, like I personally don't want to kill anybody. Right. I hope there's somebody that like can remove that liability away from me. Right. Hopefully they're called police officers. Um. So I, I that's how I look at it, and I, and I, I think that it, we might have to bring you back on because this is a very interesting topic, <laughs> <Yes>. right? <laughs> I I think the issue because I would I would actually say that. 
you're prone to looking at the symptom. And, and, I, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying that as a, yeah, but step outside of the problem, right? The problem is not the crime the person committed. That person may, may very well be a criminal for whatever reason. But if you want to prevent the next 20 crimes, why did that person do that? Yeah. Like, that's uh, that's an okay question. That's a leadership question. It is. Right? Yeah. If I look at if I look at District 13 of Raleigh, and, and I'm just making up a district. I don't I don't know what the police districts are there, and I'm noticing there's a a high number of like break-ins, and I I start to do the math, and this is not like an intellectual pursuit. It becomes very apparent to me in this imaginary district that there is economic depression in that district. What do I do long term? I may not solve I may not solve or fix it for the people that have been caught up in that, but what do I do to prevent it from happening the next five to ten years from now? Those are different right. leadership questions that people don't ask. Right? So my frustration with defund the police, sure. I don't subscribe. I, I'm I'm not on board with that. Yeah. But I I am about like figuring out why is that happening. Very simple question. Why was Derek Chauvin, he was hired? Sure, we'll let that pass. Why was he allowed to stay on the force with the 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 file that he had? Yeah. So he needs to- But the the in the inverse of that is the is the officer that shot Dante Wright because she grabbed the wrong well not to indict her, but she grabbed the wrong weapon. Right. And even then it was kind of questionable of like, you know, my dude. A taser, a nine millimeter. That was her service weapon, by the way. I mean, a nine millimeter weighs a lot more. A whole than a lot. Taser. So That's incompetent. <laughs> my point. <I> mean, right? <laughs> so all I'm saying. Plastic <laughs> metal. Plastic metal. <laughs> <laughs> so those are those are my points, and maybe Tony will have you come back, and, and I know I would love we, to. We this is to... great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love to come back. I. I uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely we'll we'll definitely make that happen. Um, we we don't want to like keep you on here long, and I know Chris has got to. Eat yeah, I know somebody eats before he comes on and leaves me to oh. star. <laughs> I didn't leave you to star, <laughs> Tony. We really appreciate you like hanging out with us tonight. Um, it's it's been awesome, and it's it's good to have. This is not like two black guys ganging up on a white guy. Uh, no, because that wasn't even. No, if anything, I think it, it was, was me and Tony ganging up on too- you. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully, you guys saw how I maneuvered to my comfort zone. I'm like, all right, let's talk sports. Carolina versus State. All right, good. <laughs> Where can I go that he literally cannot do anything? Oh yeah. Let me weasel out of this. So we go. We do the whole Se- you know, Seahawks versus Denver. I'm like I was up You're on feeling the island pressure by myself. There. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we'll definitely we'll we'll definitely be glad to have you back. Uh, we we love to you know again this co- these conversations are you know we're all parents we're we're all you know in relationships. Um, we're not pushing Chris to get married, but you know <laughs> um, get off your ass and get married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hurry up and do something dude um, talk about food <laughs> we talk about food we talk about a lot of things these are the things that you know if i'm being honest and not to get sappy but these are the things that like reasonable people are thinking about at the end of the day 
right? We all probably, we ponder these things and- I appreciate being and, included in the group of reasonable people. <laughs> oh, uh. <laughs> I mean, I only had two fringe groups left. Right? <laughs> it's like- Fair. <laughs> Uh-huh. I didn't know if I was going to put you like which like really extreme group to put you in, but <laughs> we're super glad you guys joined us. Uh, you know, if you like this episode, please subscribe to us. Uh, you can catch us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Google Podcasts, TuneIn. And for the adventurous, you can go to our website at chrisandandreshow.com and grab our RSS feed. The video version is available on YouTube. This Hopefully, we're going to continue to improve our quality as I work through some technical difficulties on my end. Uh, But don't forget to comment, subscribe, like, and do all the cool things. If you're really generous, you can share the episode. We would really appreciate it. Uh, If you're looking for more content, you can go to our website at chrisandandreshow.com. Follow us on Facebook at Chris and Andre, right? Yeah. Yeah, Chris and Andre Show. Twitter. Oh, Chris and Andre Show. Okay, he had to correct me in public. I got to do it at least once an episode. (laughs) (laughs) Also, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at Chris and Andre. You can always email us at the Chris and Andre show at gmail.com. That will be changing. I I know I've said this a lot, but it will be changing pretty soon. Uh, And Tony, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, It's been really awesome. Um, It was great. I enjoyed it. And, uh, (laughs) (laughs) so we will definitely have you back uh and we're probably going to pick up some of these discussions i i'm sure in the next week or so we'll be hearing more about the uh, sentencing of Derek chauvin um hopefully again oh man i don't want to talk about this right now but i'm going to say this gosh trying to wrap it up um i'm all right one little snippet the hard part is always doing the hard part. So there have been a couple people, my wife included, that said, uh, "What's why are we debating this? Why is there a trial? I get it. Like 100% I get it. But the problem is if you start to deviate from whatever uh, agreed upon rules and, and or laws, it messes it up for everybody else. Yeah. And as a human being, like, I'm not, I don't wish ill will on anybody. This guy's a murderer, straight up. Don't wish ill will on him, though. But if we collectively decided, co- collectively decided as a group that these are the laws that were in rules we're going to follow to expedite and to hand out and to deal justice to people, we all have to abide by those rules. So it's hard. You know, we went through four years of the orange guy, the Cheeto King. It was hard. He talked all the time. He he used some types of words, but we made it through it. So Barely. All I would say, <laughs> yeah. all I would say is, uh, you know, it, it's hard to live a just life and deviate out of convenience. Uh, I struggle with that. Like I try to do the right thing as much as possible. But you better believe it's tempting to do things that are a lot more expedient for me. So <laughs> with that, I'm going to close it out here. As always, I'm Andre. And I'm Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>